The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. It's time for a Friday. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Forum, we're looking back at some of the uh, big stories of the week, including uh, arson at prospective accommodation centres for migrants and uh, what is. Uh, rampant in this society at the moment, which is cocaine use. We've featured a series of items on what we called Cocaine Nation all this week. We are joined by Senator Shane Castles, Fianna Fáil Senator, uh, Verona Murphy, Independent TD for Wexford, and John Lee, Executive Editor of the Daily Mail Group Ireland. Uh, Good morning and welcome to you both. Uh, All three, (laughs) sorry. Now, uh, Verona, first of all, fires at uh, prospective accommodation centres. It's concerning that there seems to be an epidemic I mean, over 20 fires in recent times. Mm -hmm. It's very concerning and it should be absolutely condemned. I think the reality now is that every empty building, people seem to have this notion it's going to be used. But when it comes to migration, Pat, I just want to preface the fact that we need inward migration. But what we also need is integration. And in order to integrate people, You can't place them and dump them in the back end of nowhere, which has been the case. If we're going to integrate our migrant population into jobs, we have to have jobs where they're going. So I think No, but this kind of thing of arson, uh, and it looks like most of the cases are arson, Arson. deliberately Mm -hmm. setting fire to to buildings, some of which might be not in the best of nick anyway, but Mm -hmm. some of which would be almost ready for occupation. I mean, that's... Intolerable. It is intolerable and I'm not, I don't know how you stop it, but I do think that part of the issue is that people are concerned about services, particularly in rural parts of Ireland. And I know a lot of the fires haven't been in rural parts of Ireland, but I would be very concerned that there's going to be lives lost at the moment. It's burning buildings, but if there are lives lost, it's very different. But at the end of the day, we still have to have a plan for migration. And I have people who do contact me from all parts of Wexford asking me uh, that they are telling me that they've heard that this building is going to be used as an IPAS centre or as an accommodation for refugees. We ask our county council first, then we ask the department and we go back and say, no, there are no um, plans for that building. It might be a pub being renovated. So there's a real difficulty that even where buildings are just being renovated and maybe under the Crijona scheme, some of those, that people are misconceiving them to be accommodation. Yeah. But, but you, whether know, you, you could be annoyed about this. You think, even though you wrongly think there's a, a migration centre being opened up near you, and most normal people would not set fire to it. No, Do I you know? agree with you, absolutely. And no, no, nobody that I deal with, certainly. Um, you, you know, I respect Verona as a, as a public representative. I also am very cognizant that she re- represents people. But, you know, what plan do people expect there should be from, from asylum seekers escaping war? Do we ask Vladimir Putin maybe to hold off on his offensives uh, against Ukraine while we sort out a few restaurants and proper accommodation? There isn't accommodation in the cities. I was coming back oh, nearly a year and a half ago from Connemara with my two kids and my wife went back separately and we had to stop in Mam Cross. Now one cannot Im- imagine a more um, remote area in Ireland. Um, there was no no people living around it. We went into the hotel so the kids could use the toilet <clears throat> and it was full of Ukrainian refugees. I don't imagine that they want to be there. 
And I don't imagine that anyone particularly has a concern about people in Ma'am Cross. But th- this has now become, um, maybe not with Verona, but certainly with Sinn Féin, we condemn arson, but... You can't condemn arson, but... The, we're a country where people got on boats to escape hunger, to go to Manhattan, to lower Manhattan. There were no jobs, there was no accommodation, and they took us in. Let's not forget our history. Manhattan. And to say, oh, we need, we need resources, we need, we need a plan. What does that mean? And the next line then is, we need to communicate with locals. Communicate what? Like, unfortunately, they're coming into our jurisdiction because there is a housing crisis created by, by Fianna Fáil crashing the economy and Fine Gael having 10 years of austerity. There, there are no houses. There is nowhere else to put them. So those people, benighted as they are, are not coming here and leaving their homelands unless they have to. And if arson is occurring, if attacks on re- refugees are occurring, that is a policing fo- um, problem. Again, comes back to the government. Shane. You're right, Pat. Most normal people uh, wouldn't conceive going and burning down uh, buildings. And it's, it's, it's sad then when we've got to the situation where we watched the news last night and the Gardaí locally in Kildare were appearing on television and saying that they appealed to people to say this wasn't going to be used uh, as, as a centre. That's a sad state of affairs when the Gardaí themselves are actually trying to appeal to people to say, yeah, no, this isn't going to be, as if that was right to begin with. That's, that's not right. That, that is the rub, isn't it? That it, you reassure people this is not going to be a Muslim centre, so therefore please don't set it on Honest fire. Honest to God, but this that's is the space. This sorry is the, state. This is the, it is a sorry state if this is the space we're getting into. And rather than focusing on the kind of, of the negative connotations that everyone in this country holds those views, I don't believe they do. I believe they're inherently good. An example, yesterday, uh, a group of Ukrainians who are based on the main street in that boy in County Mead, I was contacted by local community leaders there. They brought them to the Dáil for a visit of the Dáil. Over a dozen or so, I met with them. They were from primarily the Donbass region. Their homes, their families had been destroyed. But they came and they went with me. One of the first things that struck me was when they walked into the lobby of Dáil Éireann, the emotion when they saw their Ukrainian flag placed beside the tricolour underneath the portrait of Michael D. Higgins. They went, they listened to leaders' questions, they came to the Shannon where there was a debate in Ukraine and we sat down afterwards. They talked to me. They were project managers, project engineers. One guy was a, a, a nuclear physicist. Another person was just a seamstress who was working at a boy hoping to make a life for herself. There, that's the kind of leadership and engagement that we need at a local level, not stoking the fear and hate. And by the way, that was led by community leaders in that body. Yeah, but don't forget that Ukrainians have a, a ready and legal access mm-hmm. under the EU provisions uh, to, to be here. I'm just wondering, is there a racist thing underneath this that uh, people who are coming from, from Afri- Africa, for instance, or even further afield, that, that, and they're normally looking for international protection, they're not U- Ukrainians. And by the way, you mentioned Baga Street Hospital. That's uh, an old one at this stage. Because that would only take care of one week's worth of Ukrainians. I don't disagree. But my point is when John says we went to Manhattan on boats, we did which was where the populace was, which is where the jobs were. We have a holiday village in the far end of South County, Wexford, Hootless. It is housing 300 very welcome. But there's nowhere else ve- sorry, for them to go sorry, for, John, just for a government you, but, but uh, you, John, you, my you, point you is, frequently oh, support. John, you're missing. I haven't said that they shouldn't be there. 
what I am saying is that they are not able to integrate. Not in my backyard. We're not, no, I'm not, John. You won't even let me finish now, please. What I'm saying is if we don't have integration, we're doing a disservice to everybody, including both asylum seekers and refugees. We ca- they can't even get a cup of coffee. The children are going to school on a bus. They come back and they can't go anywhere else because they're 20 miles from anywhere. This is long term. They've been there for two years, so it's not like they can't get jobs because there are no jobs. Because they've taken up the holiday village, we have an, a situation where the local economy is suffering from a tourism perspective. Small calf is not able to survive. We have got to plan. I said, John, we need migration, but we need in- integration. And what we need for that is accommodation in the populace where the services are, where the jobs are and where the transport system exists to allow them to integrate and live with Irish people. Yeah, but the, the problem is that there are Irish people who are working in decent jobs, who are couch surfing in the capital. If you want to bring everyone to the capital, there's simply, literally, there is no accommodation available. But why leave them and dump them in the country, Pat, where there's nothing available? At least they'll have for... a bed for the night. Oh, you know? Well, look, I have a chap sleeping in a jeep in Ross Lair who's working, working in the port, and he is sleeping in his jeep because he can't get accommodation. No. John, it's primarily an accommodation the, the, problem. The question of the number of fires, uh, and we were talking about it briefly in the programme, that you know it can be difficult to set a fire that will destroy a building. So do you believe there are people uh, at work, there's a kind of a network of arsonists, or do you believe it's local communities responding to that kind of provocation? Well, usually I go to the, my sources in the Gardaí and they don't seem to know. So, you know, um, my detective skills don't, don't go that far. But... I would say that, you know, we had last May our newspaper, <coughs> the Mail on Sunday, reported on a number of people in uh, County Clare uh, blocking the entrance of migrants into a facility down there mm. on an open road. That is against the law. Um, displaying effigies, as was done outside Leinster House in September, of politicians, including Mary Lou MacDonald. This was cross-party being hung on gallows and what they were chanting was against the law. And I, and then we had subsequently we had riots in Dublin City. The Gardaí, because they're under-resourced, and, and GSOC um, conceded that yesterday, a committee, the, in, a, in, a, in a major departure, Drew, Drew uh, Harris, before Christmas said they were under-resourced, have failed in their ability to police this anti-migrant sentiment. And people who are setting arson, um, setting fires, should be aware there's a life sentence for that. All right, um, Shane. On the on the issue of the network of, of arsonists, and just looking at the front of the examiner this morning, uh, Pat. Obviously, the Gardaí has said that they don't believe that it is a, an organised system. But speaking to my colleague, Deputy James Lawless, who's chair of the Justice Committee, and obviously that was prominent this week in terms of leak slip. What is evident is that there are people um, penetrating the community Facebook pages and stoking that action. So it can be done remotely and actually stoking that sense of uh, agitation right across the country. Just on a side, on the policing issue, I know James is uh, bringing both the Garda Commissioner and the Minister for Justice before the Justice Committee to discuss these spate of attacks, both on their reaction to it and what's going to be done in terms of the future as well. Yeah, you can't uh, protect every derelict or uh, building that's being renovated throughout the country. Uh, maybe they need more creative policing. In other words, deliberately felon set, set up a place that you know and invite them to set it on fire and catch them in the act. I don't know. Anyway, I want to move on. Cocaine and uh, some of the details of a survey. Uh, has cocaine become prevalent in your community on Facebook? 82% yes, 18% no. Has cocaine uh, become prevalent in your community on Instagram? 89% yes, 11% no.
Have you ever taken cocaine on Twitter? 23% yes, 76% no. If you do take cocaine, how often? Uh, daily, 7.8%. Several times a week, 3.1%. Once a week, 14%. Monthly or less often, 75%. Cocaine is everywhere, Verona. Absolutely, and it's decimating every part of Ireland. Um, I see it in our young people, unfortunately, in local communities. And actually, it's not even hidden anymore. Uh, one time you used to see threes and fours going to the toilet. You don't see it anymore. They're actually openly doing it. Uh, it's very, very concerning. I do believe... Um, we have a long way to go with regards to whether we legalise it or not. I spoke to someone who sat on the Citizens' Assembly with regard to drugs, but lighter drugs, obviously cannabis usage. But I just think that it's a very sad day and we have gone away from actually we don't have enough Gardaí. It's as simple as that. We're not Do you think able it's a policing matter? Well, it? it's a pandemic and I've, I've worked with the solicitor over the years before I became a politician. I was in the courts. They literally get a slap on the wrist because we can't jail everybody, as you say, 82%. I mean, now are probably once a week, whatever it is, I think the figures are astounding, but it's ruining our younger population. John? Um, what, I, what I do fear is there, there's a great lack of coherence in, in the enforcement of what our, our communication of what our state's policy is on, on drugs. So on one hand, <clears throat> we're still aware that Class A drugs are illegal. On another hand, again... <clears throat> There was a slightly incoherent um, uh, missive from the Citizens' Assembly on, on the decriminalisation of drugs, which they're very keen to distinguish from legalisation of drugs, where they said they'd leave it to the Oireachtas to decide ultimately what was done. Now, I speak to a lot of people in the Oireachtas and they're of, of my view um, that any effort to make, um, and I wouldn't have said this as a young man probably, but as a father now, any effort to make legal drugs of any sense um, more available in society is not dealing with the issues that your station providing some public service broadcasting this week has revealed to us. So, you know, you've got on one hand, oh, you know, drugs are a terrible thing. And we're, we're, we're trying, this is the government speaking. We've got to clamp down on them. Yes, we're thinking, of, and, and, and I use the phrase legalising it. Shane. You know, Pat, all the conversations that you've had this week, I suppose, are the conversations that we need to have as a society in, in terms of you leading that. I mean, I was on this station last uh, week talking when there was a report in terms of the abuse of cocaine uh, within the GEA. And obviously the GEA is the biggest, largest sporting organisation. So it's a kind of uh, a mirror of a microcosm of society in itself. And you've had a GEA star on this week talking yeah, about... Yeah, Connor, Connor was on and a most extraordinary conversation mm. we had with him that when he mm. went in to to uh, counselling and treatment, he was meeting people who were younger than him and he was a teenager in his later teens, kids as young as 12 and 14, who already had a problem. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not doubting that whatsoever. What I, what I would probably con contest is the claims last week where, it's, where you know, I had a GA referee on me on the station last week and said it was one in two uh, players uh, within the club system of the GA. I don't accept that. I, I fundamentally don't accept that as a GA person who, who, who's a member of his own club, who knows people on the ground. I don't, I don't accept that. Plus, the Gaelic Players Association have also uh, made their point known that within the inter-county scene at the top uh, tier, drug testing is carried out at inter-county level. So, I mean, if it was that rampant within the game 
um, and this is a microcosm, it will be showing up because players are tested after every match. Okay, but getting back to the issue, you you have a a situation where in Scotland now they're talking about the minimum pricing of alcohol, increasing the minimum pricing. And if we follow here, it'll make the pint even less competitive with the the gram of cocaine than it is at the moment. So, you you know, you have to think the whole thing through. What what, what are you to do if you have... Even people, members of the Gaelic Shikana, you've got middle class people, solicitors and so on, all doing coke, knowing that they are part of a criminal enterprise. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're feeding the, the Kinnahans of the world. I'm, I'm, well, I, 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 you know, I was a big drinker. Um, I don't drink anymore. And often people who are, are telling um, people how they should deal with mind altering substances, which all of these things are, um, are, are giving them falsehoods. The only way not to develop issues with drugs or alcohol or anything else is, uh, is abstention. It sounds very old-fashioned. It sounds archaic. And if you're making these substances more available to people, maybe 60-70% of no problem. They can go out and sl- snort a few lines of cocaine the yeah, weekend. Who supplies it though? But who supplies it? Well, from, from your research during the week, it seems to be available online. No, I mean, uh, it's a criminal... Supply chain, all the way from Colombia or whatever, it's a criminal supply chain. Oh, absolutely. So do you want, uh, you know, the, the if, if government to start importing it legally? But, they, but the, uh, then uh, that's, uh, if, if that's the debate you, uh, you want to get in, Pat, because it's a very nuanced, long, complex debate. This is the question I have, say, for instance, about um, supervised um, injection centres, which have not been stopped for health or legal reasons. They've been stopped for planning reasons. Where do the drugs come from? And then you get down to an, a, a, an issue when it comes to the enforcement of drugs to make it a more health-led um, a, a, a system that you allow people to hold um, small amounts of drugs. Now, you and I are both from Dublin. I'm from the North, North County Dublin. It was known as far back as when I was a kid in the 80s that lads came down on bikes from certain fi- um, uh, uh, flat complexes with very small amounts of, of drugs on them to sell. If you're now caught... These are drug dealers you're dealing with. If you're now uh, apprehended with a small amount of drugs, you can say that's for personal use and it's decriminalised. Yet, but that's why the couriers, uh, these young fellas, never carry more than a, exactly. a tiny amount. That's what I'm saying. But so the, what you're I, saying is you're applying a very, a very intelligent, empathetic set of rules <clears throat> to drug dealers. But John, to be honest, we so, nearly already have that in society because the courts just don't deal with it in a way that's effective. We're not jailing people who use drugs. We're not even investigating people who use drugs. We are ca- harbouring, uh, we, we are catching a level in our ports. I mean, recently we had an incident in Ross Lair where four, four r- rug sacks were taken and left by the side of an inspection queue and nobody knows where they came from. But like this was when the customs were actually investigating the vehicles. Whoever had them was able to get out of the vehicle and leave them in the port for the customs just to pick up. I mean, the reality is we've always said, and someone who was in the haulage game, why don't they allow, if they know the drugs are in the vehicle, why don't they follow the vehicle to see where the drugs are going? It's great that we seize them, but there has to be clearer communication between the Angarda mm. and the customs the, the who listen, often don't cooperate. The, the listeners, one of the things I was suggesting before was that if you get, uh, you don't get sent to jail for possession of cocaine, but you get a criminal conviction means you can't bring your little darlings to Florida, they won't let you in. Now, that kind of, if you like, creative punishment uh, could be quite interesting. A a listener comes up with something similar. Three weeks community service for anyone in possession of cocaine. Going into your boss to say, I have to take three weeks off work 
will make a lot of people think twice about weekend support of the drug dealers. Uh, on cocaine, it's not just policing. I work in HR and the company was aware of senior staff taking cocaine on the premises. I tried to address it from a HR and employment law perspective and the CEO prevented it. It was seen as normal now uh, for sales and other high-power jobs. There are zero consequences at every level and it's appalling. That's the debate as well, Pat, isn't it? That has been now seen as a kind of an acceptable uh, substance abuse and we have this is the broader debate we have terrible history of substance abuse uh, in this country like John's been very honest there in terms of the issue with alcohol that remains one of the biggest problems in this country anyway full stop is the abuse of alcohol but now we've got a situation whereby the abuse of cocaine is now ne- nearly seen as, as acceptable within a society in particular in terms of middle class society we also have a terrible problem we want to get into it in terms of gambling and obviously we're trying to address that as well so our addiction problems are, 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 are multi-layered and that's, that's the biggest thing we have to face Well Shane where we have a really terrible problem is any kind of centre where you can recover from this I mean if you want to go in for treatment you have to be 40 days clean we're not living in the real world I mean people with addictions very seldom can get to 40 days in order to enter a rehabilitation centre. So, and for a start, we don't have enough of them and we're not providing that service to people who need it. I want to move on to uh, Dublin City's plans. By August, you won't be able to drive through the city without uh, following a labyrinth. Uh, This is endorsed by the Green leader, Eamon Ryan, and it seems by most of Dublin City Council Verona, who used to speak on behalf of uh, truckers and, of course, they've got the port tunnel to access Dublin Port. And that's those who are heading for the port. What do you think of the the plans? Well, we uh, just to preface any remark with Dublin Port Tunnel was actually built too low. And when they were advised long and ever when it was in construction, rather than actually bore lower, they reduced the height limits. So I think this is this was the super truck argument. I remember it well. So people say trucks are banned from the city. They're actually not. You buy a permit if you need to enter the city and you pay 10 euros a day. Most Truckers, hauliers don't want to be in the city. It's actually very, very dangerous driving. So, are you happy then that? uh... No, I think it's uh, it's the cart before the horse. I'm afraid. I think you know we even have this in Wexford. We have councillors who want to pedestrianise with Wexford County Council, a small town like Enniscorthy. They want to ruin the town because the people who are coming in mostly need their cars. It's a charter against people who are infirm and disabled. There has to be a better plan than this, John. Um, it just bangs to me of, of um, anonymous city planners who may well live in areas where there is sufficient transport. Eamon Ryan, the Minister for, um, the Minister for Transport, uh, I was speaking to one of his colleagues, one of Shane's colleagues as well in government the other night, a government minister who praised, as Shane did earlier, some of his wonderful skills um, he stood up and spoke without without notes at length, uh, movingly about uh, John Bruton the other day in the doll. But when it comes to the nuts and bolts of electoral politics, how this man described him was he's a, he's kamikaze. In the same period of time, he's taken on Dublin Airport, uh, and he has now said to people, for instance, from North County Dublin, where I'm from, I live in Donabate. We've a, we've a irregular, a substandard um, uh, train service. Uh, people in swords. We're seeing the biggest expansion of 
uh, of population anywhere in Ireland, Fingal County Council. Yet there are no trains, there is nothing to offer people who want to come into the city centre and I think it's a bonkers plan with the consideration of the lack of public services we have. Yeah, there's two issues here. Obviously there's the cars but then it's how we use the space. So I don't think it's a bonkers plan. I think it's actually very worthy of of discussion. A, A number of years ago, when they trialled uh, the use of College Green as a pedestrian plaza, I came to Dublin to see how it worked. And that was trialled over a, a weekend. I know that's only one weekend. But the point being, they were trying to show to Dublin citizens and to visitors, this is how we could reimagine our space. And Dublin City needs, by the way, when you consider the negative uh, press that it got prior to Christmas, it needs, because people's shopping habits have changed. Okay. They don't use the city just primarily okay, so, so anymore. So College Green, a uh, traffic-free zone that has the Lewis going through <laughs> oh, it, yeah. and fellas on scooters and, <laughs> and electric buses, bikes by the way. and buses. And, well, they were, they were hoping to turn the buses around. They wouldn't All actually. Right. Uh, anyway, uh, the, the example given is Capel Street worked really well. Well, this text. My wife has a store on Capel Street. Business down 60%. The street is destroyed with people sleeping and drinking outside the store. Uh, the guy we had on yesterday, the councillor, wake up, stop ruining our city. Another one. Capel Street has become an extension of the boardwalk, drugs, etc. It's completely lost its purpose as a city street full of diverse businesses. That's going to But the other thing to consider, if you look at some of the models of European cities, people live in those cities. No one lives in Dublin City anymore. That's not true, John. There's loads of people living in... In fact, there's more people living in Dublin City now than there ever was. Walk along Capel Street or any main street, there are no pub shop living. Just on the point, Pat, that Verona made in terms of, you know, seeing that it rolled out to places like Wexford and would ruin Wexford. The NTA are actually using Navin right at this moment as a, as a pilot project. So we're actually um, prioritising public transport into the centre of Navin. We're getting 25 million off the NTA. We're going to pedestrianise the main street. It's working extremely well and it's also reinvigorating the main core of the town. And we're going to have to take these, we're going to have to take these chances to make sure that we actually give people a yeah. different urban centre okay, experience. No, Enniscorthy is built on a hill. It's one of the oldest towns in Ireland. I mean, if you can't get into it as a rural citizen in your early 60s, because they're the people going to towns, our young people are shopping online. Let me just say, this: the national planning framework has been delivered in Wexford in the same way as Dublin. We have a small village called Adamstown where they put in a safe routes to school. Now, this, these are millions and millions being spent on these projects. In a car park of a supermarket, they put up bollards everywhere and made it a complete death trap because people weren't able to drive in or reverse out of the car park. The bollards have been taken down. The local councillor, Pat Barden, insisted that they be taken down on behalf of the people. They caused anarchy. 43 years the car park has been perfect without incident and all of a sudden it's like somewhere, it's like Mount Joy with well, what bollards have been put million Safe Euro routes to school, how are you? Okay. Right across active, Ireland. Active travel for those who are capable of being active. Mm-hmm. This seems to be a charter against people who have any kind of disability, who have any kind of extra need. Um, you know, I heard a woman with, you know, three children or whatever under whatever needs a vehicle buggies have got to be stored somewhere you know they want to tax everything tax SUVs <laughs> close the streets you've got to have a city that works and a city to me is not just a, a city full of cafes and hotels it's no, got to be more than you're that you're absolutely and right and a, city, would a, be a, help. A, city, a city that works Pat isn't necessarily a city that's, that's choked with, with traffic either when you see the keys at the moment in the evening time in a city that's completely choked a city that works could work extremely 
uh, better if it's given as the opportunity to try. As long as you, you don't know? want any commerce. Well, there's and, another and underground coming in 2035, don't forget. The, oh, in 2035. We'll be be retiring here, around we've been then. hearing that for 20 last, years. The last proposal is. from me. You know that Apple money, if we get to keep it, build a metro and call it the Apple underground. Build a high-speed rail network <laughs> around the, the country. We, 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 we need one in Navin first, so we'll be taking that train to Navin, Verona. Are you from, right, we are you have from to Navin, Shane? My, my thanks to you all for joining us for our Friday Forum. And a reminder that our items from today are uploaded as podcasts, which you can listen to on the Newstalk app, powered by GoLoud. Just search for The Pat Kenny The Pat Kenny Show. With Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am. On News Talk.